What's good, everybody? Uh, Jimmy, I'm, it's Jimmy here. I'm back. Happy New Year. Happy decade. All of the above. Uh, I hope uh, the la I hope the last one treated you great. Uh, ex excited for a new one here. Excited for new cannabis genetics, new everything, and uh, to see the ball rolling and repair jobs and progress, all kinds of different cannabis policy stuff. So well, it should be it should be fun. Uh, I had a great few months. I had a great harvest season. It was amazing. I got to see so many amazing jars, uh, really well done, well manicured cannabis that was grown to the to high the highest order. Uh, so so many elite farmers in Northern California, and to go jar by jar, uh, checking it out, and then see uh, you know what what it's turned into. As I was lucky enough this year to get to partake in judging for the Emerald Cup uh, in the BHO category. So seeing the, the final product of uh, these amazing flowers when they go through that whole cycle uh, in the end you get to try these amazing terpenes and all the all that amazing uh, you know everything that plant the plant like when it's done well all the, all the opportunities of interaction like you know only cannabis has to reach a certain level for it to ter really tickle the senses and, and whether it be to flavor taste uh, experience and when when you talk about northern california farmers there's you know nowhere else in the world is there a concentration of people that can grow cannabis to that level and then you take that cannabis and you put it in the hands of a master uh extractor whether they're doing rosin or bho whatever it is if they know what they're doing uh and they get the right material to put in uh it's so much magic going on right now so that was that was super fun uh, getting to take part in judging. It was like 75 uh, things. Drove up to uh, Mendo for the first day. Uh, the other judges were fantastic. Uh, Chris Hansen, the glass blower. Uh, Kit Hall, uh, long time uh, concentrate space uh, person. Been around the the uh, concentrate game for you know a decade. Was one of the original people dealing in Shatter back in the day. Uh, Tom McCormick, of course, the Pot Prince of Bel Air, April Black, uh, long time, you know, former former High Times journalist, long time uh, cannabis tourism expert, and then t uh, Ted Liddy of Alien Labs and the Connected Team. Those guys always crushing it. So yeah, the the BHO judges were were serious. It was an honor, privilege, pleasure uh, to be a part of that. I got about twenty. The first day, I got like twenty five in. Uh, that Saturday with those guys came back, had a solo Sunday session, uh, was able to get about 40 in that day. Uh, and then I had a few left when I got out of work on Monday and that was my first, so that was my first pass. And from there I was able to narrow it down, I tried everything. Uh, it was, yeah, it was magical so much. It was, you know, it's interesting, uh, despite, you know, the size of the, the field, you know the the real cream of the crop always rises to the top, uh, and we all had pretty we all had a pretty similar take on uh, what we thought were the nicest things, with the exception of some out we all had, you know in our top tens uh, we all had a little outlier some flavor that maybe connected with us a little bit more than the other judges, but it was it was such a, a wild experience and um, just to see how you know how well the Emerald Cup do, does it and to see. Uh, how hyped people get when they win just to know like you were honest and you got to take part in giving them this credit for this thing that they did well and nobody's trying to bullshit anybody it's just they knew what they were doing it's, I love that That that's my 
whole ethos of smelling jars, just being straightforward with people about what the flame and what's not, and the Emerald Cup embodies that. Uh, so just to be a part of it with those guys, that crew, shout-outs to Taylor and Tim Blake, just oh, amazing, amazing. Chad's also awesome. Uh, yeah, Emerald Cup judging was dope. And then actually, at so that was beforehand, so everything was done by the time I got there, at the Emerald Cup. The Weed Walk this year was lit. Uh, the Weed Walk is when I go through and I smell every jar of cannabis. I do it at everything I go to, whether it be hollow flowers, cannabis cups, uh, emerald cups, whatever it is. If there's people who are displaying uh, flowers, I am on it. I am checking it out. Uh, this year we had the biggest crew. Uh, this is the biggest one. Most of the other events I'll just do by myself. This is just, you know, just how I roll. Uh, but the Emerald Cup is uh we get a crew together for that and this year we had, we start started with like 20 people it must have been like it was fantastic uh a lot of the pack made it about halfway uh in the end it took about two hours and 48 minutes to smell everything uh there was most of the table you now i've said in years past everything worth smelling uh but this year most of the table there wasn't really a lot of mitts uh there was a couple you know here and there, but there was a lot of things worth looking at and taking your time, smelling, appreciating the terpene profile, smoking if possible, you know, that kind of good stuff. Uh, and the, the person who came in second place was uh, my editor from Cannabis Now, Ellen Holland, crushing it as always. Uh, yeah, that was dope. That was dope. Uh, we did, then I go, and then after the Emerald Cup, it was cool. We jumped on um, Marijuana Today with Dan Goldman. Ran down all those fiery cuts I saw. Uh, just generally, like running down uh, cannabis this year was really fun in December because you had the Emerald Cup, which is, you know, the most biggest and baddest one yet. And then you just generally going over the genetics of 2019 was really, really exciting. And then taking a look back at the whole decade uh, in cannabis genetics, getting to do all of these things separately. Oh, it was fantastic just to pick all these different windows to, to look at the heat through and just try and do a good job. Uh, wrote the decade in dabs too. A little bit more controversial. Some folks, uh, you know, got some feedback. I My timeline is in that was based off my own personal experience um, dealing with, specific, you know, specific kinds of concentrates. We received the first de-waxed uh, shatter the dispensary I work at in roughly 2011. I confirmed it with uh, John Hirsch, who founded the original uh, elite dab ser- elite dab delivery service in California, Erie Care Collective. Uh, they were they were the original boutique connoisseur grade globs show up at your house service. And uh, I, I, he worked with me back in the day before we started Erie Care and crushing it. And uh, yeah, he confirmed all those timelines to me. It was fantastic. So I still have faith uh, in the way I set it all up. And yeah, sorry to anyone who felt otherwise. Another um, another really exciting thing that happened recently was uh, my Elon Musk article taking off. I got a kick out of that. I was kind of just like messing around in my head. What was a fun? What would be a fun story I could pitch? Just looking, you know pay the bills uh and i was like oh man and i had seen that the how much the safety review that nasa ordered at spacex costs after elon smoked the blunt on joe rogan and it was like five million bucks so i was like oh man maybe 
maybe that $5 million fine there's a real possibility that that makes that that the most expensive blunt of all time. So I wrote that piece for High Times, did really well, even got translated into Spanish, which is super funny. Um, and this, also on the subject of translation, I uh, got I had an article a while back uh, that did pretty well about Philos, uh, where I compared some you know just different. Uh, doc videos of the uh, leadership there saying things that I felt couldn't really coexist with one another, uh, and that our that story ended up getting uh, lifted from Cannabis Now by this Czech uh, magazine, and it, they ran it in their print edition. It looks wild. Uh, got a real kick out of that. So I'm in, you know, I'm blowing up in. Uh, Czech Republic these days. We love it. We love it. It's, uh, yeah. Well, apart from that, um, we can, let's dive back in to as cool as the Czech Republic is. Let's dive back into the decade stuff. Uh, so let's go over my decade in strains. The ones, these, now this maybe this wasn't the gassiest, maybe it wasn't the perfect, maybe it was the best, but these were the ones I think, in my opinion, offered, uh, you know, the most claim to cultural impact, to history, to, to being a part of, uh, you know, the, this cannabis world forever. And the first one I picked, which was, uh, you know, it's these, this isn't meant to be chronological, but it just so happens this, this was the strain that really started it all this decade. And that was Girl Scout Cookies. Uh, now Cookies, the Durban XF1 paired with OG that flow that Florida OG that flow rider and really changed the game really changed the game it was it was an OG world prior to cookies and that was the first exotic new terpene profile uh, you know it was and I'm it's still a gas world you know like people love the gas people love a dope OG but cookies presented uh, a new flavor profile, a new palette for the real connoisseur to dive into, and in the you know over a decade since it first hit those first cookies cuts, um, you know, or the tail end of the 2000s, uh, the, it really took over. It really the wave uh, of hype via you know, then it became a clothing line. Now a bunch of dispensaries with a ton more uh, set to open in the not too distant future. So that was my first one. I think it's totally reasonable. It has to be on there. So I checked that box first. And then right after that, I checked Gelato. Because in the wake of the cookies hype, it's, you know, second generation uh, was, you know, wasn't maybe, maybe Gelato never hit the exact hype that uh, the original Thin Mint Girl Scout cookies cut did. But it got pretty close, and it got and it was you know it was a cultural thing. It was an iconic thing. It's still huge. It was the only strain of the decade that really was at the top twice. You know, it had its in its first run earlier in the decade, and then when the forty one dropped, uh, it was completely revitalized. It was just the new pheno of such spectacular quality that it totally reinvigorated. Uh, the gelato scene, the gelato hype, and in the end, you saw places picking it for strain of the year. 
you know, seven or eight years after it was originally bred because that, that was the type of enthusiasm it was able to drive one more time. Uh, and it was, and again, only one that did that this decade. Super wild. Next on the list, ACDC, the famed CBD cut. Uh, there was other CBD cuts that you saw on TV and they had good PR teams and maybe got written about a little bit more, but on the hill and uh, in the jars of like those patients all over California, that whether it be it the children, the adults, whoever was being provided a better quality of life from these C from CBD, uh, ACDC was the strain that had the biggest impact. Uh, it when those first twenty one to one, twenty four to one ACDC phenotypes hit the world. Uh, it really, you know, it was showed. It gave us a ratio, a really palatable ratio, that we've sensed you know, been able to get people even more comfortable with better ratios. Uh, you know, the the one to sixes, the one to eights. But back in the day when cannabis was still scary, the idea that it was only a little bit THC, uh, but it was 24 parts CBD, you know, that was a refreshing thing to people that were scared to dive in on cannabis. Just, you know, they weren't potheads. They weren't, you know, and nothing, there's anything wrong with that. But, you know, they weren't cannabis people. They were just folks trying to live a better quality of life in an ACDC um, and all of the products created from it and all the different people who grew it. And they, they contributed a lot to that. That was for me, that was the CBD strain of the decade. I, you know, I appreciate what claims are made in Colorado, but out here in NorCal, this is project CBD country. These are guys that, uh, you know, have spent the last decade, uh, you know, rolling up their sleeves trying to spread this message about the the medicinal value of cannabidiol and you know kudos to them uh and or acdc was banging uh and it did come it was a little it wasn't in the first batch of cbd strains that hit the bay though that was like the Amrita rx3 the jamaican lion uh the acdc came a couple years later i want to say that feels pretty not too long not too long after but uh, it was it was like the second it was the best of like the second batch of CBD strain strains that hit the world. Um, next on the list, Durban Poison, official strain of the 2010 World Cup, and um, you know it took off. It was a super unique land race, uh, South African land race nose, nothing else smelled like it, and uh, people people still love it to this day. We we don't see as much of it. Um, at a production scale in the legal market it's around it's usually outdoor we do see some crop we do see some wild crosses being made with durban where uh people are, are attempting to bring some of that durban punch um the, the, the you know that that kick that it has and make it a little bit shorter flowering cycle and add some other wild turfs at the same time and that's where, you know, as mentioned, cookies, stuff like that. Like Durban uh, is super, super important strain uh, this decade. And for, for what, you know, for giving people access to a, a wild head high that was completely different from all your sour diesels, or your chems and stuff like that, uh, to just like the, you know, being a piece of the ingredients for so many magical strains that popped up over the decade. Uh, it's fun. It's fun. Durban definitely owes uh, owns a spot. And when you have when you talk about that table of you know when you 
Which this list is. This list is meant to be just like, you know, the strains that had a seat at the table as you talk about the most impactful of the decade. You know, Durbin's there, for sure. Um, next on the list is also super there, and that's Skittles. Skittles crushed the decade. Uh, you know, it's consistently winning everything. Secret Cups, Cannabis Cups, Emerald Cups, whether it be Flower, Hash. It's, you know, it was... You know, if you had to say, like, which strains, like, owned moments, like, cookies own that first part, and then you had the gelato, and then the mystique of cookie, of Skittles started to get out there, and, you know, the were, you know, it was rare, it was super rare, but everyone was talking like it was flame, and then when I, when I finally got my hands on some from, uh, from Brandon at Third Gen Family in 2017 at Chalice, it was it was everything I've been waiting for. It was everything I've been. Wa- <laughs> it was flame, flame. I got some of that, and I got some of the rosé that would later on in the year come in second at the Emerald Cup, and I was I was sold. I was sold early. Um, I still love it to this day. A lot more people have it than they than used to, but it's and like and as as I noted, uh, you know most of the trophies and most of the fame is obviously associated with the Turp Hogs and Field and Third Gen Fam and those those guys handling it, Tony Mendocino and whatnot. But it's proof of its like amazingness is when you see it in others hand, winning in others people's hands too, the, like the quality of genetics, you know, and like when the Dookie brothers won the Golden Tarp. And the Emerald Cup with a, that batch of wild light up. You know, that that's a major feather in the cap of Skittles. That it can produce something so magical that it sweeps the whole year. Outdoor harvest like competitions, you know? So you got to love that. You got to love that. Uh, next next on the list. This one was not one of my favorites, but it's, it's cool. And I would be a fool... Uh, not to put it on on this list um, just because of my tastes, but that is forbidden fruit. Uh, people love forbidden fruit. It's you know not super high impact. It tastes crazy, and there's a ton of people looking for that, uh, and they love it. Like me, I'm gonna look for something a little more punchy, a little bit more mercine. Uh, such as, you know, the the purple cushions of yesteryear, that Mendocino purple cream cut. Uh, you know, that's my kind of purple. But for a lot of people, uh, th- this is their kind of purple. And I, I could totally see why. I can totally see why. Uh, it's just not for me. Um, next on the list is kind of a grouping of a bunch of... Like, there's so many great... There's so much great gas, which, you know, those strains that smell literally like a gas station, like fuel. Uh, there's a bunch pulling it off well. And I didn't want to pick any one. I put it above others. I love them all. Uh, great fuel is some, is, a, is a high in itself when you can, you know, it's like you can get your toes relaxed but get a head high at the same time. Oh, man. The, the, that, type of, that type of wild dynamic is really something special and the the fuel you know it's it is it's named that for a reason you know it just it makes you want to live and (laughs) and so there's so many cuts that i don't want to do disservice by not having them on the list so if it was you know if it was that real gassy gas 
uh, crazy. Like the way I like to say, it, it smells like an accident at a gas station. Something you'd have to call OSHA for. Uh, <laughs> call hazmat about uh, that. You know, then that was special. And thanks, thank you, whoever grew it. Thank you to all for all those cuts. Uh, and there's just so many. There were so many lists. Um, but one, we'll get a little bit more specific with this next one. Uh, Gorilla Glue, number four. Before, of course, the uh, lawsuit. Now GG4 is absolutely had a spot this decade. Uh, it, it crushed. It crushed real hard. I remember, I saw, pff, there were some times we, I'd be seeing so many different phenotypes of Gorilla Glue at events. And so many people, one of the best batches I ever saw was uh, Tahoe Wellness. They had some killer ones. The one I still enjoy is the Sasquatch Sap from 3C Farms down south. I really, really dug those. They were actually on the podium uh, when I did the NCI Mini Cup a few years back at like, the National Cannabis Industry Association Conference. I just told everyone, yeah, if you want to enter, bring a quarter. And... Uh, they entered like five strains, and they were all they were all great. But I, uh, the the Sasquatch sap really stuck with me through the years because it was one of my favorite Gorilla Glues I ever saw. And uh, yeah, Gorilla Glue absolutely owns a spot um, when you talk about the strains at the top of the decade. Love it, love it, love it. Next on the list uh, is the iconic wedding cake. Uh, you know the the hype levels that surrounded wedding cake were totally deserved. Uh, these days, I'm, I'm a Sea Junkie fan in general. These days, I like the Animal Mints the best. But when you talk about what Sea Junkie's cut probably made the most waves this decade, I think it's hard to argue against Wedding Cake. I think it was just, it was so out there. It was so coveted. And, you know, you understand why. You understand why. People, uh... People love the flame, and it was that. It was that. And then you saw the people, and one of the things you can note, like one of the things to make note of uh, with this kind of thing is when you see a bunch of really great farmers growing the same thing. You see an Alien Labs growing a wedding cake. You see a Straight Organics growing a wedding cake. Like that's a symbol That's that, that of quality and a sign that those genetics are primo, you know? And... Uh, Next is the most recent winner of the Emerald Cup, Runts. Runts ha carried a lot of hype. A lot of people make jokes about, uh, you know, fake Runts and gel you know, Gelato 33. But make no mistake about it, uh, the Runts is legit. And it, you know, helped Ridgeline Farms defend the Emerald Cup, bring it back to Humboldt County with them. Super wild. Had the chance to talk with those guys last March, a couple months after they got that first W uh, last year for the Green Lantern. And yeah, so the Ridgeline, I saw the, when I was on the Weed Walk, I saw the Ridgeline runs uh, at the, when I was at the Humboldt Cannabis Company booth. And it just jumped out at me because I saw the Green Lantern first, and I just wasn't sure if it was just a strain. You know, you know, you see a strain name, you don't know who grew it right off the bat. But I was like, oh, Green Lantern, I don't see that that much. I wonder if Ridgeline grew it. And then I looked in the other corner of the display, and it was like Ridgeline runs. And I was like, oh my god! So in this booth, I was looking. In the end, I didn't realize at the time, obviously, but I was looking at last year's winner and this year's uh, winner at the same time, and it was oh, so wild, so flame. Um, Really enjoy it. Really enjoy it. Next on the list, 
is one that I got to dive into a bit with the village uh, and of symbiotic half of symbiotic genetics who helped stabilize this one a little bit more for the masses and that's purple punch uh, those F2 purple punch seeds blew up that's why there was so much of it uh, there was all-star cuts such as the villages cut such as the one the jungle boys used to win chalice in 2017 uh, those you know those were flame no one can claim otherwise but since there were so many seed packs out there maybe all of the cuts in the wild weren't necessarily winners so it's hard it's maybe the brand the purple punch brand got hit by its original hype and how accessible the seed packs were right off the bat and because uh, they did a good job getting them out there and a bunch of people kept kept phenotypes that they got out of a six pack and here you have it and it's like that's why that's what happened to purple punch there's plenty of all-star purple punch out there. There's just a lot of people that didn't do real propagations that kept phenotypes too. And there's nothing wrong with that. Cause you, you know, you only, if you can only afford a pack of seeds, do that shit. Pop those beans. Love that. Love that. Uh, next on the list. So this one's unique. So I'll, I'll preface this with it obviously started. The hype with this one started in 08, 09. Uh, and that is super lemon haze man when super lemon haze got to the states uh the best phenotype is grown by craft in california it was a 52 seed propagation 50 something seed propagation that they did in a greenhouse up north their cut is the best one here for sure it is the flame i've loved i've enjoyed it for years it is the best one of the best representations of uh limonene and like uh, with a with the background haze texture you're ever going to see in your life uh man and it's still it's so uppity it's so creative it's so high energy and all you can do is just love it love it love it love it i i certainly do um and that's you know that's why i won so many cups that's on, on two and both sides of the ocean multiple time zones super lemon haze is timeless <laughs> just like its predecessors were the uh, the argent's ultra uh and it's cool to see uh, a strain like Super Lemon Haze still exist and have commercial viability in the age of legal marijuana. I'm super excited about that part, and I love it. Uh, the next one on the list is another one that maybe wasn't my favorite, but I, you can't not have it if you're talking about the strains that made the most impact this decade, and that is Tangy. There was one, I think it was 2016 harvest, might have been 15, but... There was one harvest that was so much tangy. Like, I don't know what people were thinking. Like, did nobody take notes? Did everyone, <laughs> was everyone in line at the same guy getting cuts? I have no idea. But yeah, the tangy flood was wild. And the tangy flood was right about the time we started seeing really cool sauces, I think, in my opinion. So, like, the first wave, a bunch of those first waves of these crazy smelling sauces I saw were tangies. So it's forever burned into my head. Uh, as part of that era when people were starting to preserve, trying to preserve terpene profiles as best they could, there was a ton of uh, tangy going around. So there was a ton of tangy sauce uh, in that moment, and people were trying to dial in, and it was funny. And I smoked it and I enjoyed it. And uh, here we are, all these years later, and it's you know some people still swear by it. Uh, next on the list, Miracle Alien Cookies, the Mac, the Capulator Bread. Uh, sensation. The first beans of it were popped in 2016. In the years since, uh, it has been one of the hypest strains out there, of course. Uh, and I love. I had. A, I, I love it. I love Mac. I just, I love the one. I love the two. I love the three. All of the above. They're all beautiful in their own way. Uh, the Pharmacy Factory versions are super dope. The Emerald Valley version was really dope. 
my pals over at Foxworthy Farms in Sonoma, they have a really nice version. Mac is so banging. Oh, and just, just the tale of it, the miracle in itself, how the seeds survived the washing machine, blah, blah, blah. It's so fun that uh, a strain that took over the way it did for its you know own little piece of time uh, had a fun backstory. It wasn't boring. <laughs> so that always, that always adds a little to the mystique. Uh, and then my final two on the list, um, and they were, they were, these are hold decade holdovers, uh, from the two thousands, but I had to give them one is first one is Jack Herr. Jack Herr is still among the most popular strains in the, in the world. Uh, in California, one of the data companies said it's the most popular strain here. I don't know. I think it might be the most popular strain within the data segment they're able to look at. But I don't know. And then the other one's Blue Dream. Yeah. You know, how can you not? It's, it. you know, they love Blue Dream in the flyover states. And uh, they sure, surely bought a lot of it from California. There was a ton of Blue Dream grown in California this year. There was actually one company, uh, I know, I don't want to get too specific, but the company was founded because the guy had a cut of Blue Dream that did like two and a half pounds of light. And he started a, si- he started a separate company with all the trim he had just from his crazy Blue Dream. And yeah, that com- that company's still around today. I think he sold. I think he sold out, but uh, not nothing wrong with that either. Just sold his piece. Um, but yeah, it is what it is. I'm glad. That's those are my strains of the decade. Uh, so let me run down them one more time. So it was cookies, gelatos. Excuse me, cookies, gelato, ACDC, Durban poison, Skittles, forbidden fruit, the gas as a representation of a bunch of strains that are dope and smell like fuel. Uh, Gorilla glue number four, wedding cake, runts, purple punch. Super Lemon Haze, Tangy, Miracle Alien Cookies, Jack Harrer, and Blue Dream. So there it is. There are, uh, my, that's my rundown. Those are my strains of the decade. Uh, let me know if you agree. Let me know if you disagree. I love that too. Um, <laughs> we can dive in why. Uh, but generally speaking, ha- enjoy the new year. Uh, enjoy all the fine new cannabis you're going to see. And I, I certainly will too. Uh, and rock on. Thank you.